The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rhodes. Monday morning, the 10th of July, and here's what's happening this morning. A prison escapee wanted in connection with a homicide and arson in Jamestown is still on the run, despite a massive manhunt that is comprised of at least a dozen law enforcement agencies. Michael Burham is described by police as very dangerous, who escaped from a jail in Warren County, Pennsylvania, last Thursday night using bed sheets. There is some new information on the manhunt, Pennsylvania State Police Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens. We have located some small stockpiles or campsites in wooded areas in the general vicinity of Warren. We believe these sites are associated with Burham. In the past 24 hours and since our last press conference, we've searched numerous residences, abandoned structures, and vast wooded areas all of those searches driven by tips or investigative decisions. Police also have some concern that Burham may be receiving some assistance from one or more individuals. While law enforcement believe he remains in the Warren area, the scope of the search is being expanded. We'll be going live to that area coming up at 7.20 for an update on the escapee, Michael Burham. Deadly and devastating floodwaters washed over the suburbs north of New York City last night. Streets and roads were like rushing rivers. Sonia Rincon has the latest on the troubles in Orange County, New York, where there are flash flood warnings, road closures, and a report of a woman killed in the rushing floods as she tried to make it to safety. Seven and more inches of rain fell. These roads may take days to clean up. It's like the Colorado River. Uh, running through here. County Executive Stephen Newhouse says first responders have managed to successfully rescue dozens more people from life-threatening situations. He's declared a state of emergency. Officials say the storm has already wrought tens of millions of dollars in damage. Governor Kathy Hochul declared a state of emergency for Orange County just after 9 o'clock last night. Because of the flooding around New York City, WBEN has learned that Amtrak service to New York City has been canceled today and checking the message board at Buffalo Airport. The first three flights to LaGuardia Airport are canceled. Two more later flights this morning in the 9 o'clock hour are delayed as of right now. We'll keep you posted on that. WBEN News Time, it's 5.04. Over the last several years, downtown Buffalo has seen its renaissance and has continued to evolve into a destination. But what makes for a healthy downtown? What allows for downtown Buffalo to thrive? WBEN's Brayton Wilson is here with more. This past Thursday, Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown said at an event to support the Bray Miller Market in downtown Buffalo. To have a healthy city, you need a healthy downtown. And the resources that come from downtown help to provide services for our entire city. While Mayor Brown believes businesses like the Bray Miller Market help to make for a healthier downtown. What else makes for a healthy and thriving downtown in Buffalo? I think it's a place, you know, you can live, you can work, and you can play, and it's clean and it's safe. And I think all those things are true about our downtown Buffalo. You go from one end to the other, you know, the business district, people are coming back downtown to come to work. We have a thriving theater district, the waterfront, uh, what the Pagulas have done. We have everything in downtown Buffalo, and now we're having our workers come back, which makes it a big positive. That's Michael Schmond, executive director of Buffalo Place 
place. As for president and CEO of Visit Buffalo Niagara, Patrick Kaler, he too believes a healthy downtown features a combination of different elements. It's all of the things people look for when considering Buffalo as a place to live, do business, or even visit. Walkable, great transportation, otherwise public transportation, parking, but then things to do, whether it be restaurants, attractions, places to places to live. Actually, the proximity to canal side, so you've got outdoor recreation as well. So you've got a really nice balance of both work, live, and play. What does downtown Buffalo do particularly well and what needs some improvement? Hear more from both Schmond and Kaler online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. A spotlight on community caring. Love Rising is a campaign underway in Niagara County in western New York to show kindness and caring throughout the community. We have more on that from WBEN's Max Ferry. How many of us take an opportunity to take a step back and reflect as we continue to operate in a world that is always in go mode? This Monday marks the first day of many scheduled events and opportunities to step back and reflect in the name of Love Rising, a growing gathering of people coming together in Niagara County and Erie to share in acts of love and kindness. Love Rising is a community and church organization that focuses on intent neighbors' intentional creating caring communities and we take some time during July each year to really focus on how we individually and as as neighbors and as uh, communities across Western New York can really work intentionally to show kindness and caring about ourselves for ourselves for our community Pam Leibring, organizer of Love Rising. Now in their fourth year, the movement has expanded outside of a church in Burt, with many events throughout the county and in Buffalo. And while there are events going on all month long, Leibring asks, even if you aren't planning on attending the events, to take a small amount of time this Saturday to reflect. Open your hearts and minds and always be open to thoughtful conversations. Because the more we take time to truly just be intentional about who we are and what we do, how we act, the, the better our world will be. You can see the full lineup of free family-friendly events at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. Thank you, Max. If you are mailing a letter or a bill, it's going to cost you more. The U.S. Postal Service raising the price of a first-class stamp from 63 cents to 66. It's the second rate hike this year. The first was in January. If you bought forever stamps, you can still use those. The Postal Service says the hikes are needed to offset higher costs due to inflation and provide revenue as the volume of mail continues to fall and as more and more people pay bills and do business online. But some critics point out that each time rates go up, mail volumes go down at a faster rate than projected. Dave Packer, ABC News. A trial for a Las Vegas police officer accused of stealing nearly $165,000 in casino robberies begins today. Prosecutors paint Caleb Rogers as a gambling addict desperate under a crush of debt, pulling three casino robberies in four months. Cops say the crook wore a face mask, dark clothing, and black latex gloves. He limped because of a problem with his leg, says a criminal complaint. It also says in the third heist, he asked security guards if they were willing to be shot over this before one grabbed Rogers' gun. His lawyer accuses the FBI and Vegas police detectives of pressuring two people, including Rogers' brother, into identifying him as the robber. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. Top-ranked American Jessica Pagula has reached the Wimbledon quarterfinals for the first time in her career. The Buffalo native faces Marketa Vondrasova in the quarterfinals tomorrow. Pagula has reached 
a quarterfinal at every Grand Slam tournament in her singles career, including the Australian Open, French Open, U.S. Open, and Wimbledon. She has never reached a major semifinal, but that chance could happen this week at Wimbledon. And in doubles, Pagula and Coco Gauff advanced to the round of 16 on Sunday. Meanwhile, tens of thousands of champagne bottles opened during Wimbledon every year, but yesterday one caused a fizzle. No problem when the impatient star in the Disney movie Cruella grabs the champagne bottle from the waiter and does it herself. No prob playing basketball and drinking in the Birdman and Lil Wayne video pop bottles. But Sunday at Wimbledon as Anastasia Fotopova facing Mira Andreeva tossed the ball in the air, a cork popped and she sent the serve long. She lost the point on her second serve. The umpire, John Blom. Please, if you are opening a bottle of champagne, don't do it as a player to pop Potapova smiled and nodded her head. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. Ooh, I guess that's a no-no. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast and clouds this morning becoming mostly sunny this afternoon with highs today near 80. For tonight, partly cloudy skies, overnight lows in the low 60s. On Tuesday, good deal of sunshine. Late in the day on Tuesday, could see a couple of showers while north and south of Buffalo with highs in the low to mid-80s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Channel 7 reporter and anchor Ed Dranch joining us live from Warren, Pennsylvania this morning where the search for Michael Burham is now in its fourth day. Ed, you're right there. What are you seeing this morning? Are you feeling a sense of urgency to get this guy? Susan, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I took a long walk around the Erie, uh, excuse me, the Warren County Jail here, and there is very little activity within the general vicinity of the jail. This is a very rural part of Pennsylvania. There are houses all around the jail, houses all around the courthouse, neighborhoods that are bustling with activity this morning, trying to figure out where this guy actually is. As you mentioned, day four, and we still have no arrests in this case, though Pennsylvania State Police say they've found some sort of campsites or provisions that they believe are connected to Burham, though they're not saying what they found or where exactly that was found so they don't tip him off. Right. I mean, are you sensing it's a normal Monday morning in that community? I don't know if you can hear in the background, but there's somebody out just mowing their lawn, weed whacking right now across the street from the jail. So as much as police are telling you to lock your doors, take your keys out of your car here in Warren, Pennsylvania, it's business as usual, it seems. I've seen people walking around. Uh, it, 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 it really is a very odd situation. This is a suspected killer, Susan, who is now on the run, an accused kidnapper who escaped from a rural county jail. And now I actually just spoke to the Warren County Sheriff moments ago. He says he's embarrassed this even happened. I posted that interview on my uh, Instagram. You can follow me at Dranch TV. Uh, and we're going to post that full interview on WPBW.com as well. Wow. Um, The question I kept hearing over the weekend was, why was this guy out in the prison yard so late at night? So state police here in Pennsylvania clarified some details around that situation. They say that because there are X number of inmates in the prison, in the jail, they are required by law to have X number of inmates uh, get some rec time every single day. And because there are so many inmates, those rec hours start very early in the morning and last very late at night. 
Was there a guard there? Was there a corrections officer watching over this person? We know there's surveillance video, but was there actually somebody standing there? And when I spoke to the sheriff, I found out that there's some sort of an investigation that's already starting today with the prison board that runs the jail with oversight. The sheriff himself is the chairman of that prison board. So they're going into executive session today to figure out how exactly this happened. And what he says is that he believes there were a number of cracks and flaws in the system. And one thing led to another. There was some sort of a snowball effect here, and it led to Michael Burham escaping last week. Wow. Is there any thought as to what would happen when they, hopefully if they get him, but if they do get him, is he going back to that jail? That's a great question, and that was asked during a news update with Pennsylvania State Police. There obviously are certain rules and regulations that police need to follow depending on where Burham is captured. Theoretically, he could be captured in Warren County and be sent right back to the Warren County Jail. Will that happen? Unclear at this point. You know, on the search itself, I know there's lots of resources. There's about a dozen police agencies assisting in this. They're using drones, helicopters. Have they use infrared technology in a helicopter to find him on the ground? It sounds like they are using infrared technology, though how they're doing that is unclear. Again, state police don't really want to release much information about how they're doing their investigation in the event that Burham, who again is on the run now for four days, is able to watch and see what's going on. They don't want to tip him off or show their hand in the investigation. And when you say on the run for four days, that's the second time, though. I mean, this happened back in May as well. Exactly. And two weeks later, he was finally captured in the South and then brought back here to Pennsylvania, where he's accused of kidnapping those two people. Again, Susan, this is somebody who has an extensive history or violent history, according to police. And this is not to be treated lightly. The sheriff here is saying that people should not leave their keys in their car, that this is rural America and that people have not locked their doors for 40, 50 years here. And he's warning those neighbors to do just that, to make sure their doors are locked, to make sure their keys are taken out of their car, because no one wants this guy to have access to a car or even a weapon, possibly. Right. I can't imagine how those people that are living there are feeling, living with this every hour that he remains missing. Needless to say, there is a lot of concern happening right now in Warren County. As I mentioned, there are so many houses around this area. It's a beautiful neighborhood sitting at the foot of the uh, Allegheny National Forest. It's gorgeous here, but it's shrouded in a climate of darkness because, again, four days later, this man escaped from the county jail and is still on the run. What do you think the confidence level is by police that they're going to get him. What are they expressing publicly? It sounds like they are confident that they're on to him. Again, they found those provisions, some sort of campsite uh, within the vicinity of the Warren County Jail within the last couple of days. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean that they know where he is or can track his progress just yet. They're not really giving much information. They're not really showing their hand in terms of what was found or where it was found. Yet people here are still kind of operating as business as usual. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they don't want to tip their hand too much. But at the same time, those stockpiles don't necessarily mean that they were for him. It could be you know, an entirely different situation that somebody was Absolutely. leaving for somebody else. Sure thing. That said, Susan, police are 
pretty confident that at least one person is helping him out. Who that person is is unclear. Uh, bottom line here, this man is considered armed and dangerous, and he is not to be approached by the public. If anyone sees him, it's so important that they just call 911 to get the police out there right away. They say no tip is being un, uh, ruled out. They're going to investigate every single tip. Are you seeing drones being deployed or helicopters around the area? Susan, I see nothing. Nothing. That's and when I walked into the jail earlier this morning, the doors were open. They were unlocked. I spoke to a lieutenant who says, yeah, they don't know if visitations are going to restart anytime soon. There's a sign on the door that says visitations are canceled for the weekend, but will that continue into today? Now it's up to the prison board, they say. And again, the sheriff of this county, the chair of the prison board, who says he's embarrassed that this even happened, and now they're going into executive session today to try and figure out how in the world this happened. That is just something incredible. Ed, thank you so much. Appreciate the help this morning. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning. Produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.